Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Good evening, River of Life. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Thank you for giving to uh, blessed families in our community. Obviously, we have learned a valuable lesson at River of Life that if we want you to give, do so by humiliating your pastor. That's the best way to do it. So having said that, I, it was really cool to hear uh, Jason's story about the family that's watching online. If you were with us a couple weeks ago, you know that I shared with you that we've made a decision that because of our online presence and because of our outposts and those who are watching via the camera, we know that we need to redo uh, a lot of things here to make it so that it's a better experience for those who are watching in Wyoming and Alaska and Malawi, and even those who are just watching from Missoula that are, that are for some reason not able to come in. And so we are going to redo the whole stage. Um, for some of you, if you came last Sunday, I told you that our technology is getting old and a little bit tired. And last Sunday, it all went And so Pastor Seth did an amazing job, came up and just led acoustically, and uh, they had no words, they had no anything, because again, we're, we're on the verge of it, of it dying. And so with that, uh, I had somebody come up to me that saw my shoes, and they said, hey, would you, if we raise, the, if we raise that money in January, would you wear a, uh, a sparkly suit? The answer to that is absolutely I'll wear a sparkly suit. <laughs> so February, by February 15th, we need to raise, we have 10,000 already, so we need to raise $50,000 in order to do what we need to do up here. And so if we raise that by fe- on February 15th or at the end of that weekend, I will wear a sparkly suit. Gives me a little bit of time to try and lose some weight so I don't look like a disco ball up here. Um, but... Uh, so anyhow, that nobody knew I was going to make that announcement right now. There it is. I've said it, so it will happen if, uh, if we're able to raise that, and I appreciate that. I also want to take a moment right now, and I want to uh, welcome my son Logan back into the house and his fiance, Raven. Will you two stand up? <laughs> anyhow, it's good to have them home for the weekend. And um, I'm just excited about what God is doing. Amen? Amen. Amen. I got to serve today in the food bank and just watching the, the way that the food bank and the clothing closet week in and week out just serve so many people and they do it so faithfully. Uh, I asked them, I said, how many people do you need to run this every weekend? And they said 12 to 13 would be ideal. And so most weeks they do pretty well and they have a good amount of volunteers, but uh, I also know that there's weekends where they're doing it on five or six people. And so if that's something you'd be interested in helping, I know the clothing closet could also use help, but I would just encourage you to sign up on the app and you can come out and just see what a well, 
oiled machine it is and how many people are being impacted um, by what God is doing through this church. And so I just wanted to take a moment and publicly thank them because it was just incredible for me to get to just participate and see what God was doing firsthand. So I want to take a few moments tonight and I want to talk to you about um, something that I think is pretty important for us to understand. As we talk about God's word, there's often times that we are in a season in life where it is stressful. Uh, we're stepping into another stressful time where you're trying to get things ready for Christmas. You're trying to make sure that you've got all the holiday arrangements made and the fa- what family's going where and what that looks like and who's going to sleep in what room and, and what are we going to do about the meals and all of those things that we can get overly stressed about. And we're going to start a series next week that we're going to start talking a little bit more about Christmas. But today I wanted to talk a little bit about the times that we live in because there's this like political strife and maybe you're here and you're going through a marriage struggle or you've got financial stress or you're having difficulties with your kids or, or maybe you're in the room and you're even struggling with suicidal thoughts or troubles, uh, troubles that seem like they're overbearing and you can't seem to get to the other side of them. And so I wanted to take a little bit of time today because I wanted to remind you of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because whatever you're going through, I I, I think for many of us, if we call ourselves by his name, we can still, just like anybody else in the world, we can get wrapped up in in the here and the now and the struggles of today. And so I just wanted to take a few moments as I I open this message and I want to read a couple of scriptures to you because if if you're new to River of Life, what I want you to understand is we believe this book to be true cover to cover. We understand that it is God's word. It's not man's word, it's God's word. And so when we read from it, it's actually God speaking to his children, which is us. And so he's got so many amazing things in here. So I want us to look real quickly. John chapter 14, verse 27 says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither neither let it be afraid. And so I mean, there's all kinds of good news. Philippians tells us that be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Romans chapter five tells us, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of good news in this book. I don't know if you're aware. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 12 says, Lord, you will establish peace for us for you have also done all our works in us. Isaiah 55, again, for, uh, for you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. John chapter 16, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world." Let's pray. God, in the next few moments, as we're reminded of the good news of who you are and what you have for us, I pray, God, that you will, you will tweak our perspective just a little bit. That, God, we will understand how good the news is and how much you love us and you have desires and plans and dreams for us. Father, I pray for those who are watching in Star Valley, that, God, you would just continue to bless that campus. We're so grateful for what you're doing there. God, for the men and women who are working hard in Alaska, we pray, God, that you would speak to them through this word, and God, that they would walk out of that room just changed and blessed and anticipating a move of your spirit. And God, we thank you for Malawi, and God, we lift up Ted and Ida, who are both not feeling well right now. I pray, God, that you'd touch them. I thank you for their faithfulness. 
And God, we just expect that by the time this is going to play, that they will be of good health and they'll be able to participate and, and bring your word to a people that desperately need it. For everyone else, those who are watching in the jail and in Deer Lodge, God, we're so grateful that, God, you've opened up more and more doors for us. So, Father, we just pray, God, that you would do what needs to be done and that, God, wherever we are in our journey with you, we'll hear what we need to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I wanted to read those verses to you for a moment because I think it's important for us to realize that his word brings life. And I think for as believers, sometimes we need to be reminded of the good news. We'll call it the good news, but oftentimes we spend more time in the bad news than we do in the good news. We spend more time watching the bad news than we do reading the good news. And can I just tell you at the end of the day, the good news always will trump the bad news. Because he, he is through all time, so he knew what was coming. He knew what, what this year was going to look like. He knew COVID was coming. He knew another outbreak of COVID was coming. He knew all of those things. And so when we put our hope and our trust in him, then all of a sudden we can say, you know what? I have good news despite what CNN says, despite what Fox News says, despite what NBC says. I have good news. And so I wanted to read this verse because as I knew that I was going to be preaching in these beautiful shoes, I thought this was a perfect verse for us to look at today. Isaiah chapter 52, verse four, it says this. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Long ago, my people chose to live in Egypt. Now they are oppressed in Assyria. What is this? Asked the Lord. Why are my people enslaved again? Those who rule them shout exultation. Uh, my name is blasphemed all day long, but I will reveal my name to my people and they will come to know its power. Then at last, they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation, the news that God of Israel reigns. The watchmen shout and sing with joy. So I want to talk for just a few moments about the beautiful feet of those who bring good news. That's pretty good, right? Come on. So I think a lot of times for us as believers, if you're in the room and you've said, yeah, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and I want to follow him and I'm a believer and I, I know that he's come into my life and that he's done something in me. Now, now our, our charge is, if that's you, you are charged to go and you are to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world. How many of you think that the world needs to hear about Jesus? So... As we look at this, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. In other words, they're not hiding the fact that they're bringing good news. I think that oftentimes we actually treat uh, witnessing and sharing our faith almost as though it's somebody who's going hunting. So I'm going to ask uh, Seth if he'll come up here. I've asked Seth to put on his camo, and, uh, and Seth is actually going to go, look at him. This man knows what he's doing. He's all over it. Not a guy. Look at that, man. <laughs> He's not drinking. I think that's an elk call. Um, wasn't sure for a second there. Um, but oftentimes we'll approach our, our 
sharing our faith in this way where, you know, for Seth, tomorrow he's going to go out and he's going to go hunting and he's going to, he's going to get something tomorrow. Yeah. Amen. And, uh, and so he'll go and, and he'll go to where the animals are and he will dress like this. Why? So that he's not seen, right? So the animals don't see him. He's going incognito, right? And then he will, he will make noises to, to make the, the elk think that he is an elk or that there's an elk near him, right? And some, can I have that spray bottle too? This is not what this is. This is us making this. But some will even take a, a spray, a scent, right? And they'll, they'll spray. I won't spray this because I don't know what was in it before and it might ruin your hunt tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but there's different sprays uh, according to him. I don't hunt. As you can tell by my beautiful attire, it's not my thing. Um, but he said that some of it you spray and it actually is supposed to remove scent, right? So that they won't smell you. And then others, it's like the smell of urine. Is that what it is? Making hunting sound really good. <laughs> really good. And so, yeah, he told me, he said some guys will do that and they'll put it on like it's cologne. I don't really, you know, like the... All right, you can go down. You can go sit down. Thank you. <clears throat> but often I think we approach it in this way where we want to sound like the world. We want to disguise our faith. Maybe we want to, um, to even the, the scent thing is like, I, I, want to, I want to be more and more like them because then they'll accept me more, right? So we kind of do like a sneak attack, right? I don't know how many of you like, like I'm, I'm a guy, my, my, my family hates this about me. I love to scare people. I absolutely love it. It gives me such great joy. Like, it really does. Like, I'm the guy that will hide behind things, and then they'll come. I mean, they know it now, so they're like, I saw you jump behind that thing, whatever. But, so, but we treat, like, our witnessing like it's a sneak attack. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pretend that I, I'm, I'm part of them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like one of them, right? And then, bam, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit them with it. But what happens a lot of times is we do all of those things, and then when it actually comes time to witness, then we change our tune a little bit, and we're like, well, they'll just see Jesus in me. I don't need to even open my mouth, because they'll just see Jesus in me. No, you've actually disguised yourself to look exactly like them. And this verse says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Like, from, from far away, you can see them on the mountain. They're coming and they're bringing good news because it is good news. We often act as though what we have to say is going to be inconvenient to people. Well, we might offend them. We might hurt their feelings. We might make them feel less than. And all of that is garbage. It's not true. It's us being too wussy. To actually share our faith with people. See, in order for us to understand that when Isaiah is saying how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, we need to understand how beautiful the word is. How beautiful the news is that we're bringing. Because if we don't think it's beautiful, then, then we're not going to treat it as though it's beautiful. 
So we need to understand that God still reigns. Listen to that. Why are my people enslaved? Again, my name is blaspheming all day long, but I will reveal my name to my people and they will come to know its power. See, so many times we don't believe in in its power, so we're not actually that excited to share it with anybody. So today I want to just take a few moments because I think there's two things that we need to know in order to, to do what we need to do to change the world. And the first one is we need to believe that Jesus is the one who can heal us. He can heal us physically. He can heal us mentally. He can heal us emotionally. He is the antidote. Can you imagine if all of a sudden there was a scientist that came out and he said, hey, I have this pill, that if you take this pill, COVID-19, no matter what strain, it can never touch you. It will never hurt you. I've proven it. We've done study after study. 100% of the time, if you have this pill and you take it, COVID-19 will never do anything to you. But, and so we know that and we just kind of keep it to ourselves. We just go, oh, well, we're not sure. What if people are offended? What if people really like getting shots instead of taking pills? right? And so we just hold it. No, never. Like if you could prove it, if it was scientifically proven that this is going to be the thing that'll make it so there's no more vaccine ever needed again, that there's never going to be a strain of COVID-19 that can ever touch you because you've taken this pill, then I'll tell you right now, we would be shouting it from the mountaintops, right? Why? Because we care. Like, I have friends and family that I absolutely want them to be safe, and I want to know that they won't ever be hurt by this, and I want all of those things, and we would shout it from the mountaintop. We would be, we'd be on social media. We'd be calling our, our loved ones and saying, hey, this is what you need to do, and we would be unashamed of it. But the reality is, is this word that we have, this good news that we bring, it actually is way more important than that because it's not a temporary thing. It's not stopping a sickness from coming, but it's actually changing somebody's life by setting them free from the damnation of sin. I don't know about you, but that's pretty good news. I mean, that's pretty dang good news. If, 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 If we know that and we believe it, So my question to you is, do we actually believe it? Because if we believe it, then why are we not saying it? Why are we not speaking it? Why are we we doing the sneak attack? Why are we pretending to be as much like the world so that we don't offend them? Who cares? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? I can see you coming a mile away, but it doesn't matter that I see you coming a mile away because I know what you're bringing to me is good news. And so I want to, I want to accept it. I want to hear it. I want to understand it more. Isaiah chapter uh, 52 verse six says this, this is the kind of fast day I'm after to break the chains of injustice, get rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless uh, poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. 
do this, and the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. So if you believe that he's the answer, then why are we not sharing it? If we believe, see, in that verse, it's awesome because I love that. I think, it's, I think it's a twofold thing that we need to understand. We can't just be all talk because all talk doesn't actually show that you care. Why do I love that we have a, a, one of the most active food banks in the city? Because I think it shows. Why do I love that we, that we gave out so many Thanksgiving meals? Because again, we're getting into people's homes and we're saying, listen, we're not just talking, we're actually walking this out and we're believing and we're showing you that Jesus loves you. Now, it can't end there. We can't just stop by going, okay, that's it. We've gotta be in a place where we are ready to share the gospel at all times because how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of them who bring good news. The second thing we need to do is we need to believe that sharing changes things. We need to be open to sharing our story. Some of you sit in this room and if we were to go around the room and, and, and say, hey, take, take a couple of minutes and share your story. And if you don't know what that means, what your story is, it's this. It's I once was and now I'm. He found me here and now I'm here. He took me from the dark place and he's bringing me into the light. Like that's your story. And so to be able to share that story with people, all of a sudden you're gonna have people around you and some of you sit in this room and, and you grew up in the church and so you go, my story isn't that impressive. But can I tell you, there's always somebody who needs to hear your story. They need to hear about how maybe you were raised in the church and maybe you went through a season where you turned your back on God and you began to do things your own way and all of a sudden he called you home and so you can speak that into somebody's life and all of a sudden it, it registers. We've got to be in a position, I just want you to know that Christmas is just around the corner and as scary as that is for many reasons, it's exciting when we're talking about church because it's one of the greatest opportunities that we have to invite people to church. I heard a statistic the other day that about 80% of people that are invited to church either on Christmas or Easter, will, they will attend. 80%. Like the odds are in your favor. God is not looking for people who talk great. He's looking for people who talk about the great things he has done. See, we got to get that straight because some of you are like, well, I'm an introvert and it's, it's not really my thing. I'm not a great talker. And what if I, what if I say something and it's wrong? And that's where you got to go, hey, God, I know this is what you're calling me to do. So as I do what you're calling me to do, I'm going to trust that you're going to come alongside me. See, God isn't, God isn't in heaven with a clipboard judging you over your presentation. Oh, man, really? You said that? All right. Right? That's not what God's doing. No, God is like, come on, you're doing great. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is when we start to open our mouths and we start to share this good news that's inside of us, all of a sudden something comes to life inside of us and things begin to change. In John chapter four, we see that Jesus sits down with the Samaritan woman and 
And this woman is, uh, she's a woman that's got all kinds of problems. She's been divorced multiple times. She's currently in an adulterous relationship. And Jesus observes her. And then he begins to speak to her. And in John chapter four, verse 13, he says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up with eternal life. So what I want you to understand today is Jesus is modeling what we do. Jesus didn't just do it. He didn't go, hey, when I'm on stage, when, I'm, when I've prepared a message, then I'll share. No, he was sitting at a well getting a drink, and there's a woman. And this woman is somebody that everybody else would have ignored. They would have said, she's, got, she's too messy. She's a problem. That's why she's at the well by herself in the middle of the afternoon, because all the other women go in the morning, and they would all make fun of her, and so she goes by herself. So you just, but Jesus said, listen, I'm here. She's here. I'm opening my mouth. I'm speaking truth in love to this woman. And so, so in this moment, he has this incredible encounter with her where, where he begins to speak life to her. Can I tell you that we live in a thirsty world and people are looking to be fulfilled? Whether some, some will sit and you, you can have an open dialogue with them. If at any time in history, there's an opportunity to sit and just have conversation with people, I think now is a great time. You can sit in a coffee shop and be next to somebody and have a, have a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden you're, you're looking into their, into their world and you're able to speak truth. People today are lonely. There's this false sense of relationship these days where, but in reality people feel more alone than they probably ever have. We feel like, oh, I've got all these friends because we've got all these people on social media but the reality is, is it actually does the opposite. It makes us feel even more lonely so Jesus sees her and he is unashamed to share the truth. I mean, even Jesus' approaches, he, he digs into some hard stuff with her, but always with the idea of, I'm gonna dig into the hard things because I want her to see the truth and I want the truth to set her free. Right? That's love. So we can't be afraid to share truth with people because actually when we share truth, it's because we love right? But we've got to do it in the right way. So Jesus starts off, and it seems a little harsh when Jesus is having this conversation because he calls her out on her stuff and says, no, not only are you not married, you're living with somebody, you're blah, blah, blah. And he calls out all of her stuff. But then after that, he doesn't then say, so get your stuff straight and then we'll talk. No. He says, listen, I've got water for you that you'll never thirst again. And he says, right where you are, I can offer you something that's amazing, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. It's exactly what she needed to hear. We often, I think, make things too complex. We try and overthink everything. How many of you are overthinkers? Overthinkers in the house? I'll tell you, I understand that. I understand that when we're talking about sharing your faith and all that stuff. And I know there are people that sit in this room today and you're amazing at the invite to church. Like, we got people, uh, Sarah, you're incredible at it. Like, Sarah brings people to church all the time. And she's really good at it. She's just like, hey, want to come to church with me? And they do. Okay. I don't know what I'm coming to, but okay. That's awesome. And then there's some of us that are like, yeah, but what if? And what if it gets weird? Or what if then they don't want to talk to me anymore? And blah, 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 blah. And we go through all this and we overthink it. 
But part of it is, I think we forgot how good the news is that we're carrying. Like if we understand that this is good news, that we're doing something and we're doing it on purpose so that those who we love and care about and those who are in our world, that we can reach into there, into wherever they are and we can say, guess what? There's hope for you. Guess what? There's peace that's available. I know it feels like everything's in turmoil. I know that the world feels like it's upside down, but can I tell you that he has overcome this world? So even when you're in turmoil right now, take, take heart. It's going to be okay. He's overcome it. And he, he'll bring you peace even where there is no peace. The quality of the invitation should have a direct effect on the quantity of how much you are inviting. Let me explain that for a moment. I don't know about you, but we get invited to things a lot. We get on Facebook. Now Now people don't even really send invitations anymore. You just get put into a group chat on Facebook, and then they're, they're hey, come to our party, come to this, come to that, whatever. So there's all kinds of things, and it's almost like so much noise that you're like, oh, I'm trying to figure out what we're, what we're doing. And, and that's fine, but can I tell you, when there's, when there's an important thing that you're going to invite someone to, then you need to, you need to not only invite but you need to follow up, right? And, and the more important you treat it, the more important they'll treat it. So when, when Logan and Raven, at some point will figure out when they're getting married and what that looks like, they will send out things in the mail, right? Because it's important, right? It won't just be like a text message, hey, are you available on this date? You should come, right? No, because it's an important event in their life. So because it's important, they'll do it, they'll treat it as being important. For many of us, we feel like, oh, well, our invite is that the church put up a thing about Christmas Eve and I shared it. And please do share it, that's fine. But that's, that's not an invite, right? Because you all have people in your news feeds that are sharing all kinds of things and you don't go, oh, they shared it, I should go to that. No, not usually. So... So the, the, the quality of whatever it is should affect the quantity. In other words, we need to be in a place where we understand that because of what we're asking, because of what we're telling somebody, it's so important that I'm not only gonna just invite you, but I'm gonna keep inviting you. Now, you don't have to harass them. We don't need them to like, you know, get, get a, a judge involved where they gotta you know, keep, keep you away from them. But, but it's okay to invite multiple times. It's okay to say, hey, I'd love it. And here's the thing, we've, we've talked about this before. There's a difference between an invite and a bringvite. A bringvite is way more powerful than an invite. An invite says, hey, we do church Saturday night, 6 p.m., love to see you there, right? Maybe they'll come, maybe they won't. A bringvite is, hey, I'm going to church this Saturday night, and I thought it'd be awesome if you came with, and afterwards, let's go, let's go grab a, you know, a dessert or something, and let's go sit at a coffee shop, or let's go have dinner together, or whatever that is, because now all of a sudden, you're, you're showing, I'm not just like trying to get some quota at church, right? There's no like prize that I'm trying to win at church. I'm not trying to get my pastor to wear some funky outfit with this. I, I, am, I am genuinely, I care about you, and I want to spend time with you, and it's important to me. So it's so important that here's the deal. If you want to come with me this Saturday night, I'd love, we'd love to buy you dinner afterwards. And it'd just be cool to, to, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it, right? 
That's so much different, right? You'd go, you'd be more willing to go to something like that than just like, hey, here's a card that says what time our church service is because now I just feel like, well, you don't really care. You're giving these to everybody. But when you say, hey, I, I wanna be in, I want a relationship with you. I wanna, I wanna know you and I wanna help you and I wanna come alongside you. Now all of a sudden that changes the way that we do things. We're stepping into a season where statistically it's great and we have the opportunity to do something incredible. And so I just wanna encourage you over this next month to be in prayer every week to be thinking, okay, God, who is it that you want me to speak life to? Who is it? And it, sometimes, we can, sometimes what we can do too is we can do the cop out where it's like, well, I'll invite them to church and then it's Pastor Jason's job. Okay? And that's fine. We, we, will, we will give opportunity and we'll do all of those things. But can I tell you what's even more powerful is if you're the one whose feet are on the mountain bringing good news. I mean, I know how beautiful my feet are right now. But your feet are beautiful as well. And you can be the one to bring good news. You, do I want them to come to church? Absolutely. We'd love for them to come to church. But the important thing is getting them to a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if that means that happens with you sitting across the table with them, awesome. See, the importance of the message, we should, we should understand how important it is. And by that, we should be willing to put ourselves into situations. Can I just tell you, back in the day, and for you young people in the room, you're not gonna understand what this is like, but back in the day, for those of you who are around my age and even, even younger than me, you remember guys in the room when you were gonna ask a girl out, you remember that you had to like get up the nerve, right? There was no apps. I have no dang apps, right? And it wasn't kosher to do it on the phone, so like you had to go and face to face, like you remember what I'm talking about, Jason, right? You, you got me. And so you, and there's no swiping. That was, there was no swiping, nothing. You went and you stood and you, you put yourself out there and you said, hey, I like you. Or probably had something a little bit better than that. It's been a long time. I haven't had to do it in a long time. But you'd have some cool, and I was never like Mr. Slick one-liner either. So it was somewhere in between there, right? And then you say it, and then you stand there and wait for the response. And it would kill you. Oh, just say something. And then they say yes, and it was fine. It was good. And you went out, and sometimes it worked out, sometimes it didn't work out, Whatever. But at the end of the day, I remember there were so many times that I would be like, oh, I'm gonna ask this girl out and I would sit there and in my mind, I'd go through every possible negative solution that could possibly come from me standing in front of this person and asking them to go on a date and my mind went to like crazy places as to how horrific it would possibly be. And those situations never happened that way. But a lot of times when we're talking about sharing our faith with people, we go to these places where it's so negative and so, oh my gosh, it could destroy my whole world. No, how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news. People are waiting, they're hungry. But here's the thing, if you're not excited about it, why should they be excited about it? If you're not like, Man, can I just tell you, I don't know how you do it because without Jesus in my life, I don't know how I would even survive. 
Like God is so good and he loves me so much that on these days where I wake up and I make the mistake of turning on the news first thing, I'm like, oh man, how are we gonna survive everything that's going on? And then all of a sudden I get into this book and I'm like, oh, we got this. And when we do that, then all of a sudden they're like, well, man, get me into that book because I could use some of that right now. It's good news. It's good news. This last week, we had the opportunity to spend some time with uh, Katie and Jonathan. By the way, uh, they say hi, and, and uh, Katie had the baby, and a beautiful little girl, and so they're very excited. For those of you who don't know who uh, know Jonathan and Katie Martinez, they are an amazing couple that we just love to death, and uh, Jonathan usually comes up a, once or twice a year and spends some time with us. Um, but while we were down in California, I had the opportunity to, my wife was at a conference, and so I, I went and spent a lot of time in different coffee shops, and I was doing some studying. And on one particular day, I was sitting in this coffee shop, it was a Starbucks at the time, and I, I was sitting there, and, and I'm trying to work on actually my message for when I preached at Jonathan's church, and I'm, I'm writing, and I'm working, and all of a sudden, this big group of college students come in, and they sit at the table right across from me. And when they came in and sat down, I, I didn't think much about it. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. And he said, you need to tell that young lady this. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Good one, God, not doing that. So I sat there for a while and I could not, I could not drop it. And so I'm, uh, maybe ever like trying to bargain with God. So that's where I'm at. I'm at this place where I'm like, okay, I'll tell you what, God, this is what I'm gonna do. Because what, what the Holy Spirit was saying for me to say to this young lady is something that as a pastor, I would say to a believer. And I'm like, I don't even know who this is. I'm not saying that. So I was like, okay, God, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna get a piece of paper out of my bag here and a pen, and I'm gonna write it down because it's just a couple sentences. And then... If she's still sitting there when I go to leave, I'll hand her this thing and it'll be good. I've said what you asked me to say and we're all good. And so I pull out my pen, the pen that I'd been using all day the day before, and I start to try and write and it will not write. I'm like, come on. So I'm like, okay, okay, God, okay. Not gonna do the pen, understand. What I'm gonna do though is I'm gonna sit here and I, was, I have like a half an hour before I was gonna leave. If she's still sitting there when I leave, then I'll go. I mean, there's all these college kids around. I'm like, this is gonna be weird. So I'm sitting there, a half hour goes by. They're all still there. So I'm like, okay. So I, I, right as I'm saying okay, I look over at the table and she just looks right at me and I go, not, cre not creepy at all. Not creepy at all. Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. So she comes over to the table and I'm like, hey, I, I know it's weird that I'm asking you to come over here. I'm actually a pastor from Montana. I'm preparing a message for this weekend. I'm preaching in Long Beach. I've been sitting here. God has been speaking something to me for you. And I said, I don't even know if you believe in God, but I want you to know he believes in you. And she said, I do believe in God. And I said, 
Okay, and I had a few other things that I needed to say to her, but I just said, he sees you and the dream that he planted in your heart years ago, he's ready. It's time for you to walk in that because he's not disappointed in you. And she begins to cry. She goes back to her seat and I leave and I'm like, okay, God, okay, okay. You were right, I was wrong. So I leave there and I'm going to grab some lunch and I find myself in this little, I I always like to try and find little places, not, so I I find this little place and it it happens to serve all kinds of food, but one of the things that they serve is pizza. And so I walk in and there's a guy behind the counter and I, so I ask him, I'm like, oh, you guys have good pizza here? And he goes on, he's from Chicago, so he tells me all about how great his pizza is. (laughs) So we started this big conversation. And in the middle of that, God says, invite him to church. Well, he's been dropping the F-bomb like crazy during our conversation, which is always a fun thing when you're, when you're as a pastor, you're talking, and then they ask you, oh, what are you here for? Well, I'm preaching this week at this church over here. And all of a sudden, they're like clean, they're what, you know, whatever. So he asks me, and I go, I go hey, man, yeah, I'm preaching in Long Beach this week. And he's like, oh, oh, oh okay. And, uh, and I go, man, I, it'd be great. If you'd come, I'd love that. And he goes, really? I go, yeah, be awesome. So I told him where it was. He didn't end up coming, but, he, but I know that I planted a seed. But can I tell you, that, that happened within hours of each other. And the second one was way easier than the first one. Because I realized when God says to do it, just do it. See, I I was reminded how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news. Like that guy didn't kick me out of his restaurant. He didn't like start cussing me. He was actually flattered that I asked him. In my head, it could have went all different ways. But the enemy is so good at lying to us. We gotta be reminded that this is good news. And it is for all people. So some of you sit in the room today or watching online at one of the other campuses and you're like, man, there's people that I know that I need to invite. And and I'm just waiting. And you got all kinds of reasons why you're waiting. Well, maybe when this happens, then I will. Or maybe if the door opens like this, I will. But I'm telling you right now, trust in his word. Because it's good. And those people in your life, and some of them are like family, and lifelong friends, and that's great. We need to keep doing that. But can I tell you that when you start to open your eyes, you're gonna see people all around you that you can invite, that you can speak to, that you can have conversation with, that you can open up a door to talk about your faith and what God's doing inside of you. And you're gonna watch as people's lives are changed because you're willing to open your mouth. Some of us are way better at trying to convert people to our political party than we are sharing our faith. And I'll just tell you right now, you can convert everybody to red or everybody to blue, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. What does matter is, where will they spend eternity? Because if we believe this to be good news, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news.
I don't know about you, but I am challenged because this season that we're in, there is so much hopelessness. Yet we sit on the source of hope and we don't share it. It's time for the church to open its mouth. It's time for us to live it out. Quit with the sneak attack. Quit camouflaging yourself to make it like, oh, well, I'll fit in really good with the world and then bam, I'll get them. No. Isaiah says, I can see the messenger coming. I know that he's bringing good news. And they celebrate it because they need good news. They don't need you to look like them. They don't need you to pretend to be like them. They need you to look different. They need you to show love. They need you to act as a messenger of Jesus Christ. I believe with all my heart that we can step into a season right now where people that you thought would never darken the doorway of a church will accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. They will receive hope. They will understand what it is to believe in a God who sees them and loves them. And so my challenge to you today, we're gonna end with just a little bit of worship, but my challenge to you today is to open your eyes because they're all around you. There are people all around you that need hope. It's time for us to step into their story. Let's be the beautiful feet. Let's be happy to be the beautiful feet. Amen? Would you close your eyes with me? Because I want to take a moment as the worship team prepares to lead us in a little bit more worship. I want to take just a moment with everyone in the room. And I want you to just, where you are right now, I want you to, to pray. And I want you to say, God, I need you to show me people in my life right now who I need to be that messenger, who I need to quit trying to, 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 to sneak attack. But I need, to, I need to share hope. I need to share life. I need to be that person that will be real with them. So I'm gonna ask you right now as we close this time out together, I want you to, to just pray in, in your own way and just say, God, will you show me who's in my life right now that I need, to, I need to witness to, that I need to share hope with. And then the next thing I want you to pray is, God, I want you to show me throughout the week other people. The waitress at the restaurant, my coworker who I rarely talk to, the guy who I get coffee from, whoever it is. And God, I need you to help me to open my mouth because you'll be shocked at what can happen when we actually just take him at his word and we become that messenger of hope. So God, right now, we just come before you and in the next few moments, I just, I'm, I'm gonna ask that everybody will just pray and ask and seek. Maybe you need to write those names down so you don't forget them and that's fine. Do whatever you need to do, but God, I'm praying right now over each and every one of those names. That God, this would be a month right now where we will see people's lives changed. That God, we will see even the hardest of heart come to know you. God, I pray that we will be a people that where we go, wherever we set our feet, 
our beautiful feet. That God, wherever we set them, God, people's lives will be changed. That God, we won't be afraid any longer to open our mouth. That God, we will understand how good this news is that we bring. So help us to have the courage to bring it. And God, we just pray that a harvest will come in as we see people's lives changed, that we see broken, healed, where we see those who are in bondage set free, because that is the God that we serve. So Father, we give you all the praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand as we worship? Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks. Thanks.